0: All right, well, I'd like to welcome everybody to our first official podcast with me as your host, Casey Morozik. You are listening to Dead Funny, Dead Serious. I am here today with uh, Braxton. He also has a podcast, if you want to plug that right right uh... quick.
1: Yes, uh, so I'm Braxton Smith, the CEO, founder, and main host at Critical Thoughts. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Basically, if it's social media, we're probably somewhere on there. What
0: this podcast is, is hoping to accomplish is to open up the conversation about <clears throat> our own mortality, death, dying, the grieving process, everything that uh, kind of comes along with it. It's one of those things that's a universal truth that everybody experiences these things but for some reason we're not allowed to talk about it. I want to open up those lines of communication, kind of get us thinking about things that we don't normally think about. First off, background is is paramount to everybody because people come from different places all over, different backgrounds, different stories, and I think those help to show where we come from in terms of why we grieve the way we do. Was our family more opposed to talking about death were they very open about it, and it made death very easy. So if you could, just tell us a little bit about your your backstory, your origin story.
1: Uh, yeah, I've noticed that too, the uh, people uh, reacting to deaths in the family different. For example, some people celebrate it, and some people uh, don't talk about it, and some people mourn. Um, in my family, it was like one of those things they didn't really talk about much. I grew up in Tallassee, Alabama. I was raised mostly by my grandparents. They were, like, really quiet, shut off, uh, they're kind of like a, you know, from Great Depression, so. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't really talk much about any of that, and then when they died, the whole family, it was like a quick funeral done, no more discussion of it. So was that your, your first
0: experience with death, or had you experienced other, other losses prior to that?
1: Your near-death experiences count. I mean, we can talk about it, absolutely. Okay. Well, we we'll can get to that in a bit, I guess, if you'd like. But uh, so far as experiencing death, now, first time I saw it was my uh, grandmother passing.
0: How how was that? Was it scary? Was it intriguing? Was it just something you wanted to get past?
1: Uh, I was, honestly, it's kind of neutral. Cause like I said, we never really talked about it. So like, I don't know. I just took it all in, and I didn't exactly have the healthiest relationship with my grandparents. So when they passed, it was kind of like a I don't know. I felt neutral about it really. Okay. So,
0: how do you think that situation and that loss, how did that make you feel about death going forward? Like, how, do you think it influenced how you feel about it
1: today? No, not at all. There's, there's several other life experiences that really did it for me. For them, it was kind of natural and it was kind of to be expected and another time had come. Uh, yeah, it's, it's my outlook. I mean, I think me reading Bambi when I was eight years old did more for my outlook on death, honestly, than my grandparents dying,
0: you know? Yeah, no, <laughs> Bambi I think messed a lot of kids up. <laughs> <Here I am. laughs> so you were you were saying some other things did feed the way you, you look at, at death nowadays. Yeah. Uh would you like to go into a little bit more about that?
1: Well, like I said, uh with the um uh, bambi obviously being the very beginning but uh it's it's, uh if you haven't read the book you really should i highly recommend not the kids version but like the the thicker version now later on like what 10 pages more (laughs) i don't don't even remember anymore it's been been a while i didn't it was like eight when i read it i think but I, i think when i like got older and i started to see my father decay if you will like he you know get older and i see him where i saw my grandparents so maybe it did set me up. Maybe something went to the back of my mind and I stuffed it down. And now I see my father in that position. And he's like, you know, seeing that he's reaching that place where my grandparents were when they died and thinking about that. And then it makes me think about my own mortality and thinking like one day I'll be where he is. You know, thinking about the cycle of life, I suppose. So it's like it just kind of gets darker, but I guess as things get darker too. You're Just like one day the sweet relief
0: will come. So does the thought of your own mortality, is that something fearful to you, intriguing to you, or just something you don't really want to think about in general, not out of fear, but just out of, like, why worry about
1: what's going to happen inevitably? Yeah, it's something I dread. It's like, as I get older, too, and I kind of feel my body breaking down, I'm 30 years old now, by the way. Oh, man, you're almost there. Well, you know, the body starts breaking down. It's like I'm getting these injuries and I'm not healing as quick though, you know? You know. Oh, I know, I know. It just feels like I'm at it's... that ripe old age of thirty three. So, you know, there you go. Uh practically so... on the deathbeds, both <laughs> of us. No, you, you, I just kinda of feel like this wall really. It feels like a you know, the wall of time, I guess. I just kinda of feel pushing pushing my back and it just feels like a juggernaut and I'm like digging my heels into the sand and just trying to enjoy life and appreciate every precious moment i can especially with my daughter and uh you know i just i, I feel like all the more urgency to do everything i want to do before i get pushed off that cliff to my death you know i just i see it coming and it's like now like before the 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 horizon was infinite but now i see the, the cliff's edge you know i'm getting
0: so as as you get closer to your ultimate demise you are realizing you need to take more advantage of the opportunities and the time you have with prospects. Running a business is it with our our listeners don't know we actually work together both divers in the Navy. I don't know if you do other things outside of that or are you saying like with family like just like specifically dealing with like enjoying life and family and all of it and just not wanting to be regretful?
1: Yeah, yeah, and it it, it extends beyond that too, I mean, yeah, it's it's just like family, spending time with the family, um, eating better, I guess, working out, you know, and I think about uh, earlier in my life, like, uh, all the times I just kind of took life for granted, and it's like I had that, you know, had that peak in my life, physically and mentally, that's when all the greatest minds and athletes, you know, their early 20s, and now here I am, and I'm like, what have I done with my life? I guess that's it i i feel like i've had like a similar feeling
0: of like what have i done with my life but then i also look back at all those times that i was quote unquote wasting time but those are my fondest memories so was it really a waste if you're building those relationships you're just hanging out with friends but those are the memories that stick with you to your deathbed is that really a waste of time then or are you gonna remember that document you pushed across the CEO's desk like is that gonna be what you're gonna think about at the end and is that what we consider success or should we be focusing more on those
1: wasted times no like I I seriously I wasted a lot of time (laughs) like I was playing way too much World of Warcraft for example okay Uh, Huh? That kind of time wasting watching reruns of episodes, and it's like I, I'm so sheltered when it comes to pop culture because I just I watched reruns I didn't watch hey, anything new. If, so
0: if you haven't seen it, it's new to you.
1: Yeah. Well.
0: <laughs> so going back to uh, talking about your actual demise, have you done any sort of given any thoughts to do you want to be buried, cremated? Oh, yeah. Put in a monument. Like, have you thought about any of that, and have you done any
1: planning towards those ends? Yeah, I've, I've actually thought about that a lot. Uh, even when I was younger, actually, when my grand, uh, even before my grandparents died, um, I thought about. I always fancied the idea of being buried, and I don't, I don't know why, but like, it's like the body has to be preserved. The idea of the body decaying or rotting away and becoming ash, uh, just it was abhorrent to me. And then as I got older, I kind of realized that, you know, as I've been through graveyards and I see these forgotten graves, and, you know, just think about these people are taking up space for the living. And so to me, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to do that. And I saw the way my grandparents they were both cremated and their ashes spread. And, uh, yeah, I'm kind of cool with that. I think that's the way I'd want to go. I mean, if I wanted to get real theatric, I, would, uh, I did like that idea of the Viking funeral. But, uh, I hear that a lot
0: in our community. Badass. <laughs> you are literally the second person today to tell me they want a Viking funeral if they could pull it off. Yeah.
1: Well,
0: I just feel like that's a logistical nightmare for yeah. your loved ones. Yeah. But it would it would, it would be kind of cool. It would be kind of cool. I can't I can't <laughs> argue the facts.
1: I tell you what, if I go out like doing something badass, then I very well better have a Viking funeral. But you know. I just choke on vomit or whatever—something not so glorious. Yeah, just just burn me and spread my head. <laughs> so, have you thought about your
0: actual funeral? Do you do you have anybody you specifically want to have speak at your funeral, like give a eulogy or tell us a, a certain story about you, like that just embodies who you were, that that embodies everything that you want somebody to remember you for?
1: Uh, not so much. I, I, I uh, harking back to my grandparents again here they had very simple funerals. Everybody just kind of gave their two cents. It wasn't really like any written eulogies. it was uh, it was as basic and simple as it could possibly be and uh, I, I think I'm good with that. It's like whatever people want to say about me they can say amongst each other but you know I, I want it to be planned. Whatever's gonna make the people I'm leaving behind, more comfortable. The Viking funeral they're probably not going to be comfortable about, so just let them do it. it's like That's not really my place, because I'm already dead, so it's really all about what it means to the people I'm leaving behind. So have you discussed any of your plans with them? No. Ava's three years old, she wouldn't really understand, and and I don't really know who else. I hope I'm not leaving my parents behind, but I I actually hadn't even considered that, really. What
0: about, like, have you have you thought about, I mean, this is a perfect segue for that, in terms of, like, an advanced directives, if you get in, say, a car accident, something like that, where you see it on the news all the time, people, the husband thinks that the wife would have wanted to be left on life support, her parents don't think she would, and they fight for four or five years before finally the court has to, like, decide. But the advanced directives allow you to basically state your desires so that you don't have to put your family through those types of situations have you discussed any of that with any of your family or your loved ones no sir. i guess i
1: need to go to navy legal and work that one out huh? no i haven't uh, I, I think like it and not consciously i'm sure i had a discussion with my mother at one point i know she told me Oh the blog. Don't, don't let me sit there and rot and and uh, it never really occurred to me to say back to her, like, yeah, return the favor. You because know? it's like, brain dead, it's like, yeah, you might as well pull the plug kind of deal. But,
0: well, feel free to use our platform until, until otherwise it will be up there, document. <laughs> I, here, he said right here, this is what he wanted. <laughs> All right. But, uh, no, I, I don't have any more questions for you. I don't know if you have anything you'd no. like to ask. Yeah, I was about to tell uh-huh. you about the, the, the near death experiences. Oh, I totally forgot. Absolutely. I'd love to hear about your near death experiences and how they shaped your thoughts.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I, I kinda noticed too. The the most fascinating thing really is it does differ from person to person. Uh, how they take it. Uh, first time I I first near death experience I had I was uh, woke up one night and uh, had a cold, nose was just stuffed up, and I went and I got some cookies, ate some cookies and ten years old. And um, started walking back, and all of a sudden, my throat closes up, and I can't breathe out my throat. And I try to force the mucus out of my nose, but it's like a check valve, you know. Air's coming out, but it doesn't go back in. And so, uh, basically, ended up uh, pushing all the air out and kind of just suffocated and passed out on the floor. And woke up the next morning, and like, wow, I'm still here. Okay. And uh, yeah, you know, like, uh, it kind of actually reminded me of uh, that moment at Fight Club when they were talking about, you know, after you've had a few fights, the volume of life kind of just gets turned down. And it's just like, yeah, kind of after you've had a near-death experience, it's just like, all other bullshit just doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah, it went black, so I don't don't really know how close to death I came. I just know that all senses went away, and I completely blacked out. There's no dreaming or anything. And then, uh, again, when I was about 19... Do you, before you move on, do you know how you didn't?
0: like did someone intervene or like no. your body just kind of figured it out yeah like I said I just
1: freaking woke up the next morning and like still there on the floor and my dad was passed out so I don't, I don't think he ever found me that's trippy yeah to not know how it fixed itself yeah I mean, causes are something I yeah uh, being in the Navy now I don't want to look too much into but yeah the, so the other time was when I was 19 and uh, I was actually training up to get in the Navy uh, at some point. Maybe it was 20, somewhere around in there. But I uh, swimming in the river and then just let the, the dam gates down, right? So like the river was rushing really fast. So I swam upstream a little bit and I tried to catch this tree that was, normally it was a full-on tree, but you know, with the dams down it's like, you know, 15 feet higher so that the tree's covered up and I'm trying to grab the top of it. And then I was going to swim back. It's pretty damn cold too. Like his uh, water's probably about 65 degrees, 60, 65 degrees. It's not very comfortable, but you know it's tolerable. So I, I go and I make, I swim out and I make a loop, and then I, I miss the tree, and so I loop back in and I try to swim up to it, and every time I get right up to it, I just miss it, just miss it. And then I start to realize that like I'm cold and been shivering, and so like all the heat's been sapped out of my body, and I'm losing energy, and I realize I had just enough gas in the tank to get back to shore. So I tried to swim back to shore and find myself caught in like a, a current loop and it kept looping me back right over to that tree like hey there's that tree no nope, you can't grab that either and it just kept pulling me in that circle and at that point like I was all I could do to just like I was I was just treading water, and that was all I could do I couldn't even hardly swim anymore at this point because I was so sapped of energy and then it got to a point where I couldn't even hardly keep my head above water. And so my head would go under for a minute and I'd come back up and then like everything just slowed down like uh, almost like being in a car crash really you know how everything just starts to slow down and um, all this, all these thoughts started going through my head thinking about all, you know, all, the, all the things that I was going to do and what could have been and all the things I'd missed out on I mean in a split second. Yeah there's like one thought there was like uh, one uh, person I was particularly interested in at the time and she... You know, I was kind of looking forward to having a relationship with her, but considered that might not happen now because I just, like, all this time, I was like, I'm destined to be with her. Like, this can't be how it ends. And then I got to a point, like, yeah, this is how it ends. And so I plunged one more time below and kind of sucked in water a little bit. And then I just, like, passed out. I kind of, like, rolled over on my back at the same time and passed out. Just got, like, a little bit of water in the lungs. And I, like, and I woke up and, like, I, my eyes were, like, fluttering open. It's, like, pitch black. Flutter of my eyes open. It's like, you ever been in a pool and you get the chlorine in your eyes yeah. and it's like white? That's how it was. It was like, I was, it was almost like being born again. It was so weird. And so my eyes are fluttering open and I'm starting to hear all this water and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm still in the fucking river. Like this is nightmare is not over. So, so I come to and I fully realize where I am and I'm still right back where I was. But this time I tried a trick, uh, Saw so I was like, I can't remember, some, it wasn't Survivor Man? but it was something like that, where he does like the spiral. And I did that, and I just kind of backstruck my way out of there and got up to shore, and friends had already went to go tell the police that I'd drowned, but um, I caught him just in time, uh, one of them, uh, caught him in time, and yeah, man, like I said, that volume just got turned way down after that, you know, all that other bullshit, like, oh, where's your homework, you know, <laughs> it was like, just
0: uh your your priorities shift big time did you ever notice that your priorities shifted like slowly shifted back or there is just that's just your new
1: normal i think i think your brain does get rewired to some extent after those experiences like just completely rewired to where you're never really the same afterwards but i think for the most part yeah you kind of you know you have that overton window and you just kind of of shift, it shifts a little bit, but you still kind of get centered back up about where you were. But it's just like kind of the way you look at the importance of things, your priorities shift a little bit, but it's not like a total, like I'm a totally different person, I, you know, I got my life together, and it just no, that no, that really happened. But it just like I said, start looking at the perspective of things and, and realizing like what's really important, like what's
0: your full outlook, I would say towards the actual act of
1: dying after all of that. Yeah, I would say, yeah, it was a pretty helpless situation knowing that I, I'd left so many uh, things open. You know, I, there's so many things I didn't conclude or, you know, wrap up. And it's like, a, you know, just to think and just how helpless it felt like there's, I'm, I'm about to die and there's nothing I can do. And, you know, it's like I hadn't written a will, I hadn't done anything. Yeah, it's definitely maybe, uh, think a little more about that so like for example like if I have valuables or whatever like I let people know like what the valuables are and like uh, what you know how to how to look at things like why I keep certain things so that it doesn't end up one of those things where somebody finds it and they're just like yeah yard sale here fifty cents for this ten thousand dollar item so it's, it's kind of like that and kind of just uh, I did pursue I will say I pursued my relationships a lot more like that girl, for example, uh, I pursued them, and I uh, I was it was a lot more. I think that probably made me want to resolve that a lot more, figure out where I was going to go with that one. And, uh, and and even then, it still hasn't completely resolved. And I think that's kind of something I learned along the way is when you go, I mean, it's kind of like having a kid usually, you don't really plan on it happening, but it happens, and you got to roll with it. And when you die, it's like, don't really plan on it you know there's going to be loose ends you just can't really do anything about and you just kind of have to accept that and and just hope that you left the people behind which is part of why i do my podcast you know i try to leave something behind for other people so when they come along that all this knowledge up here isn't lost still carries on with the future generations well (laughs) i think that's an awesome interview thank you so much
0: for uh sharing such intimate stories with us. I got a lot from it. I'm sure my listeners did as well. If you want to plug your, your podcast one more time.
1: Yeah, um, you know, uh, Casey here kind of focuses a little more on death. But we kind of focus a little more on living. And, uh, you know, if you're just curious about uh, different different aspects of life, different ways to live your life, uh, it's, some of it uh, kind of may come off as a little conspiratorial or whatever. But, you know, we just kind of dabble with uh, different ideas and, Oftentimes they're unorthodox because uh, I kind of feel like we get caught in a mainstream way of doing things. And so I always reapproach with the question of, why do we do this? And so, I mean, it, it, it ranges anywhere from like, uh, you know, the water we drink to the food we eat to the thoughts we process to the you know, politics, news. If you have any interest in that, seeing some uh, pretty strange perspectives that make you think, hmm, you might want to check out Critical Thoughts, uh, like I said, on any social media platforms. So, Twitter. We never really never really did Twitter. We're yeah. on Gab, though, which is the same thing, pretty much, but better. I mean, I haven't heard of G- Gab and Twitter, I, I know, is where you go
0: to talk to people, <laughs> <laughs> but... They'd probably ban us. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, once again, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. All right, likewise.